Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Now, now, welcome to church, everybody. Welcome to Release City. If you are here for the very first time and you say, what in the world is going on and why do they have Frank Sinatra up in the church house today? Well, let's just say you picked the right Sunday to be in the house today. And all the married couples said, oh, me? I, I think I heard my wife saying she was nervous. She is on the front row at the moment. Security, if you see her making a dash for the doors, shut the doors. Amen? (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. That probably was too much right there. But I promised her before we went to bed last night that I would, um, all the illustrations would be on me today. Amen? Because I want lunch today and I want to sleep in my bed tonight. I don't need to sleep with Cooper and Dexter on the dog bed in the living room. And the church said, Amen? See there, I got the support of the house today. She cleared her throat. That means I got to keep on moving. Here we go. So last week, we kicked off a two-part series, and I'm going to go ahead and encourage you to get your notepads out. Get your notepads out on your iPhones. If you have to use the VIP card in the seat in front of you, take notes today. We will replenish those this week. But we kicked off a two-part series entitled Love in Marriage. I know that song was love in marriage, but love in marriage. And the basis of this series is actually about building relationships. And we're taking these first two weeks, last week and this week, to speak specifically on marriage. And I posted this on Facebook this week. I said, even if if you're married, this message is for you. And even if you're not, oh my goodness, today's message is for you. All the single people said, yep, I need it. Okay, here you go. I hope you do. Here it is. Our goal through this series is nothing more than to strengthen um, marriages and to equip those who are unmarried. Today's title is simply this, Love in Marriage, Part (laughs) 2. It's not original, just Part 2. Quick disclaimer. Are you ready? How many were here last week? How many were not here last week? Let me give you this disclaimer. I told you last week that today's talk would be PG-13. Now, that does not mean that if you have a child of the age of 13 and under that they don't need to hear this message. It just means parental guidance is suggested. Remember, my daughter is in the house, so I, it's not what you think. Um, and, and, and I'll explain something in just a minute that God showed me yesterday, and I was kind of shared it with with Amy, I firmly believe that we have a responsibility as the church to teach and educate our kids on God's view of sex because culture starts teaching its view to your kids and mine at a very young age. Okay, I'm going to say what I said last week. The culture is in the condition that it is today Because the church has made itself an ostrich and put its head in the sand and has refused to talk about what's in the Bible. So, you know, I I hear pastors all the time, well, let's let's cherry pick, or or, excuse me, we're not going to cherry pick the Bible. We believe everything in there, but we don't want to talk about certain issues. 
So let's do this. Everybody go. Inhale. Now exhale. Okay. I want to, exp- I want to share something with you that the Holy Spirit showed me this week. In regards to this topic, sex. Which, by the way, if you have someone in here that you don't want to hear, you have until point number three. It's only one point, so oh, you're good. Okay? It's just one point. But you have to th- point number three to take advantage of our kids' uh, program today. But something that God showed me was this. If you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, when he created them, there were no clothes. They ran around naked. Okay? Now... If you go on further into that story, after he made Adam and made Eve, he said, fruitful be multiplied. Here's the garden. All of, everything in here is yours except for this one tree. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. After you know what happened, man fell. They took the apple and, and, then, and all of that. And then God came into the garden, and when they heard him, Adam and Eve, they went and hid themselves looking for uh, leaves to cover themselves. And God asked the question, where are you? As if he didn't already know, right? Where are you? And he said, we went and hid ourselves because we're naked. And he asked the question, who told you you were naked? See, now they had partaken of the knowledge of good and evil and what was once pure, follow me, now, from that moment on, this is not just something that churches refuse to, to talk about. It started in the garden. Okay? So I want you to be, to be cool and, and understand that I'm not, I'm not a twisted pastor, but I am telling you that we need to take back our students. We need to take back our television sets. We need to take back our movie theaters. Yes, all of that was created by God. But when it's twisted and perverted, it was at that point in the garden that we stop talking about it and look where we are today. Okay, I'm already fired up because when he showed me that yesterday, because I was like, God, they're going to, they're gonna, I don't even know if anybody's going to come because I'd already told them it was going to be PG-13 and oh my gosh, we're not supposed to talk about it in the church house. I want you to be, I want you to be so confident in the fact that God created it for your good. Who better to look at the subject than the one who created it. Amen? Amen. If, if everybody good? You're still here? Okay, let's do it. If you're ready to dive into the talk, somebody say, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Last week, I gave you five ways to preserve real love in your marriage. If you missed last week, I encourage you to go back to Facebook Live or on the podcast and pick that up, and then you'll bridge today's message with last week's, and it will all make sense. Today, I want to give you five ways to fight for real love in your marriage. I brought the gloves back out today because this actually is a symbol of most marriages, whether, whether you're a Christian or not. This is because you have two individuals that were raised differently, have different viewpoints, different different vantage, vantage points of life, and then you put them together and expect everything to be harmonious. Is this a picture of your house? Okay, that was, that was a rhetorical question. I need marriages to be tight today. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a fine line between honesty and um, embarrassment. I don't know. But anyway, um, there's nothing wrong with this. You need these in your marriage. 
Okay, let me explain. Again, the enemy has twisted and perverted. I need you to look at your spouse just for a second. I need you to look at your spouse. If, you, if your spouse is in the room, look at them. That person that you're looking at right there is not your enemy. Let me say it again. Keep looking at them. Don't look at me. If your spouse isn't here, pull that picture up on your, on your phone. <laughs> and just that person is not your enemy. I want to give you five ways to fight for real love in your marriage. Here's the first one. Are you ready? Get help. I'm just jumping straight in, y'all. Because if you're sitting there saying, oh, we don't have any problems. Nope. <laughs> There's your first one. If you're here today and you go, Pastor B, we good, we don't have any problems, that's your first one right there. It's called deception. Okay? We must recognize that the moment, <clears throat> that the moment we get married, your marriage and your family is going to be under attack from the enemy. And when the devil brings the fight, you're going to need to find some help and run to help, to get some help. I'm reminded often through circumstances in my own marriage of just how much I actually need help. Now, your neighbor tell him, say, get some help. Yeah. If you're having marriage problems today, church, can I just say it's not you? Now, if you're here today and you've been married, you're no longer married, you're not alone. I have been there too. And so is Amy. The pastors of church. Oh. So what I'm sharing with you is not something that I just researched and I have no grit in. It's something that I've had to apply in my own life into my own marriage. Okay, so I'm inviting you to take off your Halloween masks today. Halloween is not for several more months. I need you to take that mask off and let's be real today. If you're here and you say... Yep, we got some issues. Let me say right off the bat, right off the jump, you are not alone. You're not the only one. In case you've never heard this before, let me go ahead and just drop it right here. There is not and will never be a perfect marriage. You know why that is? Because marriage is made up of two human beings. And human beings, even with Christ in your life, you're still not perfect. You never will be until you get to heaven should you have a relationship with him. Don't get me wrong. We are broken people living in a broken world and when you bring two broken people together to begin to do life together, it's a recipe for disaster, disastrous dysfunction. Real quiet in here. Don't get me wrong, marriage is amazing. I can't imagine my life without Mrs. Weber. But every single person in this room who has been married for more than six months can tell you that marriage is challenging, marriage is difficult, and it takes a lot of hard work. And all the married people said, amen, pastor, preach that white boy. <laughs> it's why we must get help. Let me drop this reminder on you also. You've heard me say it. Many, many times, we were never created to pursue the plans of God and the purposes of God for our lives by ourselves. 
So that means marriage that is of God. You were never meant to pursue that by yourself. Just the two of you. Just the two of us. Listen, it's got to be more than just you, your spouse, and God. You need someone here to help you. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Let me just back some of this up with scripture, not just my opinions. Proverbs eleven fourteen in the message translation says this. Without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. And I'll just tag that and go in your marriage. You need wise counsel. Listen, marriage can be really amazing, but it can also be really hard. And I believe God is telling us this morning that when things get tough, seek wise and godly counsel in your marriage. I'm going to say this right in the middle right here. And I said it last week. There is absolutely zero situations or circumstances that you may have faced in your marriage. Zero that is beyond repair. If that's the case, then the cross was not powerful enough. I don't care what he did. I don't care what she said. I don't care what she did with somebody else or vice versa. There is absolutely nothing that God can't repair when two hearts are surrendered. They deny themselves. They deny their right to have a right, and they serve each other. Y'all, that, that, that golf patty cake is just driving me insane. Because I told you the other day, man, I, I want when the word is good like that, man, I want this place to erupt because it builds you up in your, in, in your most holy faith. That, man, you know what? Yes, we face this and we face that. But my pastor said there is absolutely nothing that God can't reconcile. If, if. Two people will deny themselves, but I like it this way. You should have been doing and you should, and you did. Forget that baloney drama and just simply say, you know what? I surrender my right to have a right. God, restore this home, and he will. It won't be easy because let me tell you something. Your flesh rises up every day. You think I wake up every day just in a glorious mood? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I have to tell myself, my flesh, sit down, young gun. Sit down. Amen. And let Christ have his way with your tongue, with your mouth, with your attitude, your relationships with others. Amen. I don't always get that right either. But I constantly come back to the drawing board and go, you know what? If this is going to work, I got some things I need to do. Amen. Amen. Anybody else got some things you need to work on? Say it with me. Say, seek godly wisdom. See, it's important when you hit a rough patch in your marriage that you're not running to your lunch buddies. That you're not running to Facebook. Because nine times out of ten, oh, they're going to give you their opinion. But nine times out of ten, it will not be godly counsel. Because the only way you can give God godly counsel is if you've been in, godly, in, his, in God's presence. And sometimes it's not cool to run and tell mom and dad. You need to find somebody else from the outside who has been with God and who wants the very best for your marriage. 
If you don't have somebody who's willing to get in the ring and fight with you, you got the wrong. I'm not talking about your spouse. I'm talking about the people that you're trying to get help from. If they're, not, if they're trying to give you the glove and go, man, get, hit them with your best shot. Right? You need people that are going to get in the ring and go, give me a set of these right here, and I'm going to fight with you. I'm going to fight for your marriage. It's called evaluation time to find out who, who your real friends are, who you're hanging out with, and who you're getting advice from. The best place to get advice is right here. Or find somebody who's already been in there. Okay. Too hard? Okay. I get it. You want to vent, but, but it matters who's on the receiving end of your soapbox and your venting session. What am I saying? We need counsel from somebody who is actively pursuing God on their own and who wants the very best for your marriage. Permission to be completely transparent? Okay. I can say with confidence, without wise counsel along our journey, Amy and I would not be married today because you got a hard head whose last name is Weber. And I'm not proud of, of that part of my DNA, but it's thick, y'all. It's hard head. And then you got the princess. And you put us together. And we were raised completely different, y'all. Your pastor hadn't always gotten it right. But I always try to come back to the right path because I know there's only one way, and that's with Christ. We can't remain one without him that's why i say all the time man people who run into marriage problems or people run in a ditch in life and and they're like well i've screwed up too much i'm definitely not going to church no that's the time you need to run to the church Amen. if it wasn't for godly counsel praying parents and praying grandparents we would have just been another statistic but god used the broken moments of our marriage to make us stronger, and he taught us that when we surrender ourselves to him, he can make all things new. Amen. Surrender. Can I just tell you this morning that if you're a part of this church, find somebody, find another couple in this church that you can link up with. Amen. Join in our group. Find, find, find somebody that you can connect with. Say, hey, can we, can we, ta can we take you to lunch today? Find somebody who's actually going in the same direction you are. Chances are pretty good. You, you probably will share some of the same conversation pieces at lunch. Yeah, but I don't want to be fully known. Remember what I said the other day? If you're, last Sunday, if you're not fully known, you can't be fully loved. And if you're not fully loved, you can't be fully what God wants you to be. To your spouse, your family, or anybody. So you got to be fully known. Fully known. Begin building a relationship with them. Start building some trust levels. Find somebody so that when you hit a storm in your marriage, you find that married couple who are pursuing God just like you, who want to see the very best for your life. Proverbs 24, 6 in the NLT says this, so don't go to war without guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. Don't go to war without wise guidance. Remember, War, when you got married, you, 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 you entered war. 
And I'm not talking about between you and your spouse. I'm saying you put a target on your back because from the very beginning in the garden, when God tried to form a union, the enemy came in sneaky as a snake trying to cause division. And he still does it today. I'll say this and move on. Seeking godly counsel is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength and a sign of wisdom. Number two. First one was get help. How, how, here's, the, here's the tools for fighting for your marriage. Did I give you the other one? I did. So don't go to war without, yeah, I gave, just gave you that. Point number two. Here it is. Date your spouse. Someone's like, man, I didn't come for this. No, you did. You just didn't know it. Date your spouse. When was the last time you, you went on a real date? Oh, we, yeah, we have date nights. What, 2008? You want, you want to have real love in your marriage? Go on a real date. Not how, how Pastor Bradley and Amy have done it for the past few years because my schedule's crazy, her schedule's crazy. So we would always say Friday night, date night. But then after we left the restaurant, we go to Publix and do what we're supposed to do because we're a family. We go grocery shopping. That's not a date, hero. I'm talking to this one. That's not a date. That's just us doing what we're supposed to be doing. Make dating your spouse a priority. It was a priority when you were courting her or fawning after her, whatever that terminology was for your day. Real dates only happen when you get real intentional about it. So, as you know, Connor and Ansley will be getting married in May, and they had not long ago, had not Connor, but uh, Amy and Ansley and some others, ladies, went and started the dress shopping experience and went to all these different places and they wound up in Jacksonville and she found the dress and all of that and so they went back just a couple weeks ago to get the um, to pick the dress up uh, once it came in and they were there for the day and Amy was doing some shopping and she was like hey we need to um, it'd be cool if we could come back and just spend the day together you know what dude I lit up like a mm, mm, she wants to go out with me so I said, what works best for your calendar? Let's put it on the calendar. See, good intentions will never change what's happening in your marriage. You got to do something. We put it on the calendar. Somebody say, y'all that busy? Yeah. If it, if it, uh, my, my, I live by a to-do list. I got a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. In case I forget because I'm getting to that age too. And if it ain't written down, I'm liable to forget. So I said, babe, I texted her back and said, babe, let, what's the date? So guess what we did this Friday? We went to Jacksonville. We, she, got us, she found this little hotel, and, 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 and we um, went to dinner at um, uh, right there by the river, St. John's River, the chart house. Just great. Just, just, and then, then the next day, we got up, and we and did what she wanted to do, and we went shopping. And, and No, I'm just kidding. Y'all know that's a lie. Your pastor, he likes to do that too sometimes. And so, and so but we made it Stick. Just talking about we need to. Yeah, you do. What you going to do about it? So we just got away for 24 hours. I put my phone on silent. I had text messages coming in. I had emails coming in from leaders. I was like, you know what? Mm -mm, I'm not, <laughs> not responding to a thing because it's all about you. Uh, and then when we were packing our bags to get ready to go to Jacksonville, she came by and she laid this on the bed right by my suitcase. And it was a note in my handwriting from a long time ago, because this is our 
Pine Mountain Springdale Drive address. So this was a long time ago. And it says, permission to share? Okay. Baby girl. Hey. I just added that for the moment for the effects. I said, just want you to know how much I love you. I can't, for the life of me, imagine my life without you. When I think of us, it brings a smile to my face. All my love, B. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know if she put that there because I needed some help for motivation for the trip. I'm not sure, but it did the trick. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Let me keep moving on. <laughs> date your spouse. Date your spouse. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 says this in the King James Version. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave. Everybody say that word. Cleave unto his wife and, the, and they shall be one flesh. Now, I got to be honest. I've read, that, I've read that verse and said that word. I don't know how many times facilitating weddings and doing weddings. And I got to be honest. I, I, I ain't clue what cleave means. Click, cleave. I, is, is this, I mean, is this cleave like, you know, cleave. You leave your mom and daddy and cleave to your wife. I don't know what cleave was. So I did some research. I looked it up this week. Cleave in the Hebrew is the, is the actual word debak, D-A-B-A-Q, which means to pursue closely, to catch by pursuit. So that verse, excuse me, what it is saying is a man shall leave his father excuse me, father and mother, and join together with his wife in a relationship where he continues to catch her by pursuit. So let me add, just drop this in there. Yes, date your spouse. Pursue your spouse. And let me just say this, ladies, that's not just for the men. Well, <clears throat> guys, I I'm trying, to, I'm trying to set y'all up right there. I thought this place would be a resounding amen, preacher. It is not just the man's responsibility to pursue her. Some things are not for public consumption. And that was one of them right there. Okay. Listen, it's being in a relationship where he continues to pursue her closely for the rest of their lives. That's what he's talking about. It's a wife who is closely, who is leaving her father and mother and closely pursuing her husband. Let me say this. If you're not actively pursuing your spouse, you're leaving the door open for someone else to walk through the door and do what you should have been doing all along. Now, let me explain. It never makes it okay just because he or she isn't doing what you think. And so if someone walks through the door, well, you should have been, so I'm going I'm to stand at the door and take whatever's coming. No, listen to me. The enemy is out to destroy your family. And he will make sure that if Amy is not standing in the doorway of, 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 of our love, the enemy will make sure that he puts somebody else in that spot Amen. or vice versa. Amen. Amen. Let this just be real. 
Okay, so I'm not saying that it's okay, but what I am saying is if you're not doing it, the enemy will make sure that your spouse is getting what they were created to need. And I'm not talking about sex. I'm just talking about attention. Attention. Sir, if your wife gets her hair done, you better notice. If it changed colors, if it changed lengths, you better say, babe, that's hot. Now, for Amy, looking at me, she noticed that I was losing hair, and she said, hey, babe, that's hot. See, it goes both ways. Listen, if you think for a moment that the enemy is not waiting for an opportunity to step in and strike a blow in your marriage, you are, you're being deceived. What am I saying? Pursue your spouse. Here's the problem. At least for guys. I can only speak for a guy because I am he. Okay? Can't speak for ladies. But for guys, we like to pursue what we don't have. That's why when I saw Amy, Amy going across the... I, don't, I did say I was only going to use me. So when I saw someone walking across the call center, when I, when I, I spotted her, we hadn't dated, hadn't talked. But I saw her. It was at that moment that I started pursuing her. Why? Because I did not have her and I wanted to put a ring on it. Hello. Okay. It's why, see, guys like to pursue what they don't have. It's why some guys will dress up in make-believe invisible outfits and hide out in trees to hunt a deer. (laughs) To pursue... What they don't have. Yes. I've even heard that. I don't know nothing about that, by the way. But I have heard that there are some guys that will just do that. And they'll spray the deer stuff all over them. And they'll go sit in a tree. And they're at, I know some of y'all are going to be like, not me, bro. I, not me. This is not going to be me. They, they're cool if they don't get, if they don't, if they don't, they don't get one. Why? Because it was the chase. They just enjoyed being there. I know some of y'all are like, Mm-mm, I ain't leaving until she goes down or till that, till that, that, that 10 point goes down, right? Garrett, talk to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not one of those, are you? You're going to stay in there until you get one, right? Yes, sir. I got the nod. Okay, we good. We good. We good. We good. Here's the problem, guys. Sometimes once we get it, we're done pursuing it. Our spouse. I bet if we were to poll the room right now, the response would be overwhelming that, that we pursued our spouses more before they became our spouse. Hands in the pockets right here, bro, because I'm telling you, it's true. I've been guilty of it. I'm not going to bore you with the story of how I won her through a Burger King ham and cheese croissant with some, with some uh, what are them things called, hash rounds and a coffee. We worked at two different call centers. I just said I wasn't going to say it, but I'm already out here now. I, we worked at two different call centers. I worked for 45 minutes to an hour away. She worked at the one they just moved me from. She was actually at this one. They swapped us. See how that worked? Amy just didn't want us to be together. <laughs> no, it was God saying, patience, young gun, patience. And I would show up every day on my way, and I would give her a little bag, ham and cheese croissant with, the, with, the, with, the, with the little hash rounds and a coffee, and I'd go on my way because I wanted her to know you have my attention. 
When's the last time I got you a ham and cheese croissant? <laughs> well, that's because her, her, her taste buds have changed. Now it's got to be Dunkin' Donuts because y'all know America runs on Dunkin'. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. We're live on the air. We ain't getting no money from Dunkin'. <laughs> Pastor, gonna, I'm going to have an email. It goes to Becky Tyson at releasecitychurch.org. <laughs> That's our lost and found email. Okay, we're moving right along. See, when we were dating, we were very intentional with our time. And I recognize that. Matter of fact, we would actually sacrifice sleep to stay up and talk on the phone all night long. And then show up at work talking about, thank you for calling Intercall. Right? Now, we're just two old people that have convinced ourselves that we can't function without sleep. And if you text me after 8 o'clock, you won't get a response to the next day. Amen? Why? Because we're sleeping. <laughs> Married couples, we got to take JT's advice and bring sexy back. I'm, I'm gearing up for point number three, by the way. But let me just tell you something. It takes energy, and it, it, but it'll change the game, dating your spouse. You know what sexy is, gentlemen? I know some of y'all automatically thought I was going into point three, but I wasn't. Here it is. Bringing sexy back is actually setting a date night, getting dressed to take your wife out. Amen. Not wearing the same clothes you wore to work. Amen. Can I tell you something? Y'all want to know what else is sexy? Here it is. Leave a card beside her favorite coffee cup for her to find in the morning. Amen. A card. Send flowers to her at work, and it's not even a holiday, which, by the way, one is coming up in just a few days. So if you haven't set the stage, which all of that was done by design. See, because I took the time. Some of y'all got to do more than just go, the pastor said to write it on an envelope. Here's my envelope. Love you, babe. See you later. <laughs> some of y'all's bedrooms, some of y'all's living rooms needs to look like this real quiet in here today <laughs> here's my challenge because I used to say have a date night once a month I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that's not enough this is the challenge right here you ready for it here it is have at least once a week date nights listen it doesn't matter how busy you are I'm, I'm, Amy Weber I'm talking to us right now it doesn't matter how busy you are. It doesn't, how many, it doesn't matter how many kids you have. It doesn't matter how many games you've got to attend that week. It doesn't matter what's going on at work. Listen, it don't even matter about your finances. Because we got to save up for trips like uh, Jacksonville. I can't just, at the spur of the moment, go, hey, babe, we're going to Jacksonville. And look in the account and go, I don't know how we're going to get there. But some of our best dates were... Um, we, we, we laid out a blanket. Do you remember this? We laid out a blanket and we did Valentine's at home. One, because we didn't want to do the crowd. But number two, because we just didn't have the money. And I think we had like some tacos or something. And then we had, and she brought one of those little fruit trays from, from Winn-Dixie or Kroger or whatever it was back, back up there in Georgia. Some of our best date nights. You don't have to go to Jacksonville, but it's actually, it's, it's being intentional to let her know, hey, I love you, babe. Ladies, it's about you letting him know, hey, you know what? I love you, babe. You start doing stuff intentional like that, it'll cut out half the work. And she'll forget about all the stuff that you do wrong, just like me. <laughs> Y'all laughing. <laughs> that, that's a nervous laugh, too, by the way. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> Listen, date night has to happen. What's the first step? Schedule it. Date night can no longer be just a good intention in our marriage. All right. Everybody ready for point number three? Okay, I am going to go over just a little bit of 12 o'clock today. I hope you're good with it. But this is going to save your life, I'm telling you. Not, not this point, but the two after as well. Okay, ready? Here it is. Everybody take a deep breath. Point number three, to fight for your marriage, have great sex. No, I'm serious. Watch this. If you want to have a great marriage, have great... I know everybody's so uncomfortable... I need to take you back. Can I take you back to the Garden of Eden and remind you of why that's so uncomfortable? Because Adam and Eve took a bite of what was not for them and they recognized the difference between good and evil. Sex was never evil. It was always meant for you, for your good, and it came from God as a gift. It is the world that has twisted, perverted it, and that's why we stand in church and put our head down, our face gets, oh my gosh. And me, even as a pastor, go, God, are you sure I'm supposed to talk about this? Because if we don't talk about it in here, you got people so crazy and so confused about what. Uh -uh. Yeah, I'm. First mm. Corinthians chapter seven, verse one through four says this message translation. Y'all going to it's going to blow your mind. Now, getting down to the questions you asked in your letter to me, this is Paul. First, is it good, is it a good thing to have sexual relations? This is what Paul said, certainly, but only within a certain context. It's good for a man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband because sexual drives are strong. You are created with it. Stop putting your head in the sand going, but we can't talk about it in church. That's been the problem for a generation. I'm not saying it has to be the topic of discussion all the time, but what I am telling you is if we don't talk about it, your marriage continues to go down a bumpy road, and I'm telling you the enemy is out to do nothing but destroy your home, and he will stop at nothing to make sure that it happens. Amen, Sexual drives are strong, but, everybody say but, but marriage is strong enough to contain them. Amen. That means outside of marriage, it is out of control. Matter of fact, he says, sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. Sex outside of marriage is unbalanced and will destroy your life. I have been there. I can tell you, I actually wanted to have a bed up here today, but plans fell through. Because what I wanted to tell you, every time you go there with someone different, the last five people that you were with, young people, listen to me. They crawl up in that bed with you and you're now your spouse, who you're trying to do it the right way and outside of God and saying, God, I need you to get these. Am I too much? Is this too much for y'all? You're trying to do it right, but until you get God and ask God to cleanse my mind of all my mistakes of my past, they all getting up in the bed with you. Amen. Let me move on because I know some of y'all like, he is lo he's just up there spitting. No, I'm not. I'm not, y'all. A couple things I want to point out from that verse. First one is, sex is from God. I already said that. No matter how much the world has twisted and perverted it, sex still originated with God. 
You can turn on MTV and you think somebody else. No, it's God is the originator of the gift. Some of us, because of our past, because of what we've been through, because of the world's view of it, we now look at sex as something bad or that it's wrong or our view uh, of what God meant for it to be has been tainted. Number two, from that verse that I picked out, sex is supposed to be fulfilling and great. That's why this point said, this point was, uh, if you're married and you want to you fight to have real love in your marriage, have great sex. Amen. The only time sex is wrong is outside of marriage. Amen, sex inside a marriage is a God thing. Amen. Sex outside of a marriage is your thing. That was not in my notes, but he just gave it to me. Amen. It's all about you. I'll move to point four. I know some of y'all like, I can't take much more. <laughs> Number three, that verse said sex has context. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians. We were just in seven. Let's go to chapter six, verse 18 and 19. And the message says this, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins are, uh, that a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. I heard this verse I don't know how many times. But once I got my, hard Weber, my hard-headedness and I went out and did it my way anyway, now I understand. Because what he's saying is sin is sin. But the consequences for this sin, sexual immorality, are just different. Those of you that know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. It's different. It's hard to unpack. It's hard to move on. Sexual immorality is anything sexual that happens outside of the marriage covenant. Make no mistake about it. Sex outside of marriage is a destructive tool of the enemy that will affect your future. Write this down. Communication is key. We're still on the same point. Communication is key. Here's what I've learned. Because of our past... Sometimes communicating about what's supposed to be an amazing part of marriage can be difficult. The truth is sex can never be great inside of our marriage unless we're willing to communicate it, communicate about it often. Talking to married couples. Oh, he gave me this this morning early and I added it to my notes. Sex God's way is to serve. Sex based on the world standard is for selfish gain. Can I tell you why it's important to talk about it? There was a study that was done between married couples. And the, mar the ladies were saying, no, the guy should initiate. The guys were saying, no, y'all should initiate because we're less likely to say no than y'all. <laughs> but what they realized in that talk was that it's important to communicate. Now, married couples, you're going to know what I'm saying. It's important to communicate when you're just not in the mood. It's important to communicate and go, it's just because I had a rough day at work. I, I have this going on and my mind's just not there. It's important to communicate than just go, no, I'm just not in the mood. Why? Because the enemy will insert into our minds, gentlemen, it's true, and ladies, you need to know that it's happening, and it goes both ways. The enemy will insert, we, we must have real marriage problems. She just doesn't love me the way that I love her. Does she not love me anymore? Dude, I'll be mad for a week and not talk, and she don't even know we're in a fight. I'm the one in a fight because I've let the enemy have my, 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 this brain right here. Huh? I'm saying 
Be, watch how you can. I'm trying to help some married people. So I'm like, I'm not coming back. This preacher, all he wants to talk about is sex. No, but you're in the room right now, and you're getting some good groceries. And I won't talk about it again, I promise. Next week will be something different. But you came into this house today to hear this. I'm telling you, that's why God drew you here today. Okay. Last verse, then I'm going to move to point four and five, and I'm done. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6 says this. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. Amen. That's in the Bible, y'all. <laughs> serve. Let's recap. You want to fight for your marriage, keep real love in your marriage, get help, date your spouse, have great sex. Number four, pursue your God. There is nothing more sexy to me when I watch my wife stand right down there during worship and she's worshiping God. That is a turn on because she's pursuing God. And when two people are pursuing God the right way, it leaves little to no error in all the other areas of your marriage, including sex. How many remember the movie Jerry Maguire? He lied to us. Y'all remember that? You remember that? You complete me. And she said, Stop. You had me at. <laughs> Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen? Your spouse, that's a lie, by the way. Your spouse was never meant to complete you. That's all that culture tries to tell us through all the movies, all the TV shows. If I can just have her, if I can just have him, then I'll be complete. That's a lie. Colossians 2.10 says this. So you are also complete. You are also complete when you have a, a, a strong, burly husband. No, that's not what it said. You are also complete when you have a beautiful Wife. No, that's not what it says. It says, you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So you, want, you, you know what would be really awesome for your marriage? Is if that you would pursue God and let him complete you. Okay. Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. This is what should be in our marriage. And it's not going to come from your spouse. It's going to come from God. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So pursue God. I'm moving really fast to get here. And in closing, here I am right at the finish line. But don't tune me out because the best is right here. Number five, best way to fight for your marriage, just don't quit. Just don't quit. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 6 and 7 says this. Love does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Love never fails you know the thing that has kept our marriage together for almost 23 years in the midst of some pretty difficult situations we removed the I quit option that does not mean we don't pull out 
the gloves sometimes. And, and we need to learn how to fight fair, by the way, because we're not fighting at each other. We should be fighting for each other and fighting for our marriage. Hey, babe, come here real quick. I, I forgot because I was moving so fast. Let's, I want to I do this real quick. Y'all know what this is, right? Tug of war. How many of this looks like your marriage? I'm not gonna pull. You can pull. You can pull me. You can pull me. A little more than that, babe. <laughs> Gain a little more weight. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Okay, okay, okay. See, if all I do, I'm moving back to my last point. If all I do, just stay right there, is I get wrapped up in how, what I want and how I like things, sure, I can, and I'm going to be gentle, but I can pull her because I, I have more weight because I'm making it all about me. But that's not what I want. I want her to come willingly, not me be wrapped all up in what I want to do. And it's got to be my way, and this is what I expect you to do. I, I bring home the bacon. What if we got wrapped up in each other? <laughs> uh-uh, I'm good. <laughs> what, 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 what if we got wrapped up in each other? Tangled up. I'm trying to get us out of here, Jack, stop. What if we dropped the game all together and we just did it his way see we remove the I quit option oh we've been faced with stuff and you don't think neither one of us ever heard the enemy go just walk away you don't deserve that you can do better no you can't <laughs> No, I'm, 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 I'm just being real, y'all. If you've never heard that voice, then I don't know what radio station you're listening to. Because every single married person in here has heard that voice. Every single one. We made a choice. Which, by the way, I, this is going to go back to last week. Love is a choice. It's not a feeling. Because the feelings, they, they left a long time ago. No, I'm, I, hold on. It's my message, baby. No, I'm talking about the ooh-ga-ga honeymoon phase. No, my love for her has grown stronger every day. But what I'm saying is that other stuff, those, feel, those things fade away. And then you have to be faced with real life. We were in the car yesterday, coming back from Gaines, uh, uh, Jacksonville. And I said, babe, I said, have we done enough with Ansley? Have we done enough? Is she ready? Like, we, we, we have, have we done enough? She's getting ready to face all of this. There's something that my dad always taught me, that covering is everything. And we have provided a covering for her. And guess what? I'm getting ready to give my baby girl to another dude. And it's going to be his covering. Love is, love is a choice. 
that was just so I wouldn't forget to say it because I wanted to say it. For almost 23 years, I still choose you. And I love you. <laughs> yeah, you can. I'm sorry. If they'll cut those lights in the back real quick. Permission for five more minutes. This is going to change your life. I've only done this one other time. This morning, if you were here with your spouse, oh, they, 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 I forgot. We're going to share it. If you're here with your spouse this morning, would you and your spouse stand? If you are here in this room with your spouse. I've only done this one other time. And the Holy Spirit said, this is how you're going to close. And I knew I had a lot of content. And I was like, I cut it out because this is, this is where we're going to land today. If you're comfortable, we're going to do an on-the-spot vow renewal right here. Okay. So what I want to ask you to do is will you and your spouse just come to the front of this just like it was the day you did it. Just come to the front of this place. Let's just all get together right here. Somebody says, why are we doing this? Because I believe in family. I believe in couples. I believe in what God ordained. One man for one woman for life. One man, one woman for life. And the message that I just shared with you today was because I wanted you to know that you're in a, you're in a church and under the leadership that'll talk about it. Okay, I know it was uncomfortable for some, but there was a reason. That's because the enemy does not want to be exposed for what he's trying to do to your family. Okay? Come on down. Y'all, come on. Come on. Yeah, I saw you. Dearly beloved, grab your spouse's hand, however you want to do it. Dearly beloved, we are here at this moment in the presence of God to witness the vow renewals of these incredible men and women. If y'all can't feel the Holy Spirit just rested right there, I'm telling you. The sacred relationship of marriage was established by God in the very beginning of creation and it is commanded in scripture to be held in honor by all people. Marriage is known to be one of man's greatest gifts and also greatest blessings, but it is also one of man's greatest responsibilities. Luke 12, 48 reminds us to whom much is given, much is required. Couples, when you first joined your hearts and hands years ago, I'm pretty sure you had no idea where life would take you and the journey that awaited you years to come. Some of you have been married for 30, 40, 50 plus years. Others, just a year. Others, just a few months. On your wedding day, you promised to love, honor, and cherish one another through all things. All things includes all the amazing blessings and even the unexpected, difficult challenges. But here you are today, 
having fulfilled those vows and even though it hasn't been easy congratulations you made it today surrounded by your church family and friends you will be renewing your vows to each other I'm going to ask that you turn and face each other right where you stand gentlemen I'm going to ask you to repeat after me actually first I'm going to ask you this question I'm sorry do you intend to take gentlemen do you intend to take this woman whose hand you now hold to continue to be your lawful wedded wife and do you pledge before God and man to love her honor her and protect her through good days and tough days keeping yourself unto her alone until death shall separate you if so answer I do Ladies, do you intend to take this man whose hands you now hold to continue to be your lawful wedded husband? And do you pledge before God and man to love him, honor him, and protect him through the good days and the tough days, keeping yourself unto him alone until death shall separate you? If so, answer, I do. Gentlemen, repeat after me. Today, I still choose you to be my wife to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse for richer or for poor sickness and in health to love and to cherish excluding all others as long as we both shall live with God as my witness I give you my pledge ladies today I choose you to be my husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, excluding all others as long as we both shall live. With God as my witness, I give you my pledge. Matthew 19, 5 through 6 says this, And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave, pursue daily his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. By the authority committed unto me as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and according to the ordinance of God and the laws of the great state of Florida. I hereby declare that these amazing couples have officially renewed their wedding vows by publicly proclaiming their love for one another. Gentlemen, you may kiss your bride. Now, with that, you can't have a ceremony without a ring. And I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford diamonds. So gentlemen, this is going way back. This is called a ring pop. What you do with it is your business. But what I suggest is you put it somewhere. If you want one for to eat, go to Walmart and get you one. But this one right here is a representation of what just happened. A forever reminder of this day in history. So I'm going to ask, gentlemen, if you will come by, as the ladies can go back in their seats, gentlemen, you'll come by and grab one for your lady as a forever reminder. Amen. Well, thanks again for tuning in. 
To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.